in a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's November 20th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 112 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And yeah, we know it's been a long time. Yeah. Deal with it. Yep. We, we are coming from a very confused place. Um, <laughs> with win- lots of alcohol. Win- winter has come in more ways than one. Yes. We got our very first dusting of snow here in the Niagara region this morning. And stuff. Yes. Because lots of stuff has happened. Yes. Um, so, One could say that. So, so, some of it is good, and some of it we are not going to make comment on. <laughs> we are not going to comment on the recent political events that have happened. Yes. The only thing we are going to say is that we hope our listeners would be the person that Peggy Carter knows you to be. Yes. So... Look out for the freedom of your neighbors and be good to each other, please. Yes. Be who Peggy Carter and Captain America yes. and Colson would want you to would be. Would want you yes. to be. Okay, and with Ask that... Ask yourself, would Steve Rogers approve of, of certain actions? So... Would Steve Rogers approve of your actions? Be the person Steve Rogers wants you to be. And with that, <laughs> that part is done. There okay? we go. We are... We're not going back... <laughs> Okay, moving on. Okay, yeah, so moving into the stuff that uh, does not suck about 2016. Oh my god, it's 2016. It's almost over. Punch, Thank fuck. Punch it in the dick. It is yes. so... Alright, moving on. I'm Knock on wood, but I'm... I have a horrible feeling that like December 31st, it's going to be like, Oh, by the way, <laughs> these people you love are also dead. One more punch in the dick before it goes. Damn it. This is going to be like the... You know, the sequel movies that nobody talks about. Dad, tell me about 2016. There is no 2016. No, we banished it from the calendar. It we does do not, not talk of 2016. <laughs> All right. Which is sad because it's been a really great year for me and my husband getting yes. the paperwork and everything. Yes. But it's just sucked for the rest of the world. Yes. All right. Guys, let's move into adventures and knitting and things that are happy and fluffy and that we can all talk about with agreements. How about that? Yes, let's do that. All right. Which one of us is going first? I think you're doing more actual stuff. So I am? You, and I have actually finished more actual stuff. So how about you go first? All right. I will go first. I actually had to go. I, we haven't been sitting around eating bonbons this whole time that yeah. we haven't recorded. There actually has stuff that has been happened that has kept us away from either a schedule that has combined us or technology or, con- you know, basically stuff. But yeah. I had to look up, what the hell was I knitting the last time we recorded? Okay, so, Kaime socks that were just barely cast on last time are in a package to go to England. <laughs> I was knitting those. Uh, Kaime socks are socks from, I just had a mind blank, Cookie A. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie A's um, Kaime socks, they're, they're really fun. And um, once you get the hang of them, it, they're really interesting. And they've got that diagonal pattern that goes across. Um, they are in a package to go to England to one of my high school really good friends because she recently commented in the fall that, oh my god, those socks you gave me before are awesome. I might have to commission another pair. And I'm like, (laughs) the fact that you appreciate them and you'd be willing to pay for them earns you socks for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But damn it, she hasn't sent me her new address. 
because she works in the medical field, and every time she has, um, she goes to a different department, she moves flats. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I'm like, okay, the last address I have for you is this. Is this correct? She goes, no, I'll send you the new one tomorrow, and that was over a week ago. <laughs> I'm like, this package has been sitting in my office, ready to go. And I keep sending her text messages, hey, bitch, send me your address. <laughs> who does not want these, who does not want hand at socks? Okay, so that's been done. Also, because we had somebody go away on maternity leave at the office... This is her third maternity leave, and I think something like five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has a bundle underneath the age of four. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Um, well, three. Not a lot. Um, so I made her a flyaway blanket. Flyaway is a pattern by Tin Can Knits. Super, super, super easy. And I was able to do it a little bit at a time and whatnot, and I gave it to her in her last week before she was going. So that happened. Flyaway uh, fly is also one of those easy projects that you can take to knit night because you don't, you really don't need a pattern. Yeah. Once you get the idea, and you're working in small bits, so it's not like you're lugging out a big shawl. And you know, you can do it while you're in front of the TV for the love of Pete. So I have been wearing my Tito hat that I cast on and made with the blue brick yarn that we mm-hmm. got that I got, and I love it. And I think it's inspired Michelle to make hers. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> It's a cool hat. It's just got that one Estonian braid that lays horizontally. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is just is very plain, but the gradient makes it all come together. It's, it's cool. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about the blue brick right now. So anyways. Um, so yes, I've been wearing that. My Celtic myths I have not picked up um, since the last time we recorded. Uh, a lot of other stuff has just been happening. It's still sitting in the basket. <laughs> and I'm thinking that this winter like from now on is going to be about finishing what has not been finished Mm -hmm. so that maybe i can start the new year with a clean slate because hi 2017 please be better for all of us yes um so i don't want anything really hanging over the new year is i know it's superstitious nonsense but you know what Mm -hmm. fuck it you know also tradition yeah also because both of us cast it on lily pilly which we've been talking about for forever. I checked either the day I think when I I first I forget if it was when I first saved the thing if I checked when I first saved the pattern or my first mention of it on the podcast. Yeah. But I think the first time I sort of expressed an interest in, in like oh I should really do this was June of 2015. Damn. Yeah. We've been talking about doing this for forever. Yeah. Me especially has been for like a year has been like <laughs> Because I was for a while, for a while it was just me. It was like, oh, I should really pass this on. Oh, I should really cast this on. Oh, I should really cast this on. And it kept getting put aside because of other things. And then eventually you joined in the madness. Yes, I did. So that is the madness that I officially joined you in. I didn't yes. join in for any other madness. So I've got, we both cast on Lily Pilly on the train down to Rhinebeck, which we will talk about more of later. Mm-hmm. I am using two colors from Palette for the stripes, Nitpicks Palette. And this is the Bougainvillea colorway and I'm trying to remember where it came from. What? Um, and it's in one of my project bags. I think. Did I, did I have the foresight to keep it in here? It's not something I bought. It's something I got in a package. Mm-hmm. Bad host. I'll find it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll find it. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. And so I am on the second set of stripes. Um, I realized way, way back that I have one stitch here that did not get done. One. Oh. And I'm like, you can, you can barely see it. Even yeah. look, even knowing where to look, you can barely see it. So that. I'm like, fucker, you're staying. You're, you're my acknowledge, you're my acknowledgement to no one is perfect. 
I don't care. <laughs> I, I really don't care. Um, the lace pattern is not that hard, actually. No. And the obviously the, uh, the, the stripes are garter stitch, so it is literally TV knitting. Mm-hmm. However, it has now gotten to the point where it's not my take-along knitting. Because yeah. I had it with me when I went to go for parent-teacher meetings at my son's school, and I'm sitting there waiting in line, and like this thing is 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 not in my arms comfortable anymore because there's now weight on the needles. Yeah, and it's too long. It is too long. So this is now my sit down and be cozy in front of the um, podcast video casts, which I'm going to strangle you for. <laughs> and TV. This is my TV knitting. <laughs> Oh, yes. I am so going to strangle you for that part when we get to it. Yes. So there's that. I cast on and finished. Guys, if you have not done your Christmas knitting yet, I'm going to recommend. This is the Milanese Lace Topper. And once less than a skein of worsted weight, I did this. It's in- Milanese as in, like, person from Milan, right? Emma, yeah. Okay. Just Milanese. Uh, Milan, yeah. E-S-E. Yeah, okay. Just for a minute, they were like, is it Melanie's? No, <laughs> Milan. No, okay. Uh, it, it's basically a beanie cap toque, whatever you want to call it. And it has a g- knit in the round. It has a good, like, two inches of just satin uh, straight stitch. And stock then, in it. Stock in it. And then it has, you know, sort of like a, a shell curved pad overlaying scale pattern. Yeah. And, you know, that's <laughs> it. And I managed to do it in, like, three and a half days. Yeah. So if you need to knit something for somebody you have not started yet, cancel the shawls, cancel the cardigans. <laughs> um, socks may still be doable but at this point, depending on your speed and your time. But this can be done. I mean, I'm a busy person and I was able to do this in three days. And right now I'm taking a note out of the Blue Bricks um, sort of like fashion book. She put um, on the edge of one of her new hat patterns um that sort of like leather buckle yeah on one side and i thought that was really really neat i hadn't thought of that so i am looking for something similar maybe something that's deep chocolate brown because this is winter woods that i picked up in rhinebeck this is winter woods um from dragonfly fibers yeah in their worsted weight so it's got it's a base of gray and it's got what looks like calico colors of various browns going straight through to chocolate browns almost 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 black. black So I thought either a chocolate brown or a black would be go really good here. Anyways, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm doing. And I'm at that point where, okay, I can try and finish Lily Pilly or I can cast on something else. I need to be a good person and finish, finish Lily Pilly. <laughs> I was going to say, cast on something else! <laughs> I know you want me to cast on something else. Because, anyways, so I think that's me. Okay, so for me, the biggest thing is that I finished the Rhinebeck sweater on time! <laughs> Woo! Third time was the charm. Basically, I... And this I, one was in fingering weight, bitches. Yes, in fingering weight, which is why I started it in April, which I think next year, just regardless of what weight I, I knit it in, I need to start it in uh-huh. April, because obviously this works. Yeah, so basically, I marked out the button, marked out where the... I, I planned the buttonholes in advance and had knit the button bands. Uh, night before we left, I marked where the buttons should actually go with removable stitch markers mm-hmm. by laying the, the sweater out flat and just sticking it through the holes. And so that way, when we got on the train in the morning, I just sewed the buttons on on the train 
where I had placed those markers and then wove in the few ends that needed to be woven in. Um, I still probably need to get some ribbon to like tack down the, the inside and to, to help cover up the, the ends. Cause there is one spot where like probably in the color work, probably cause it's like mostly suit. I think it's super wash yarn mm-hmm. that the color works done in most of it. So like that bit has come out a little bit of the crochet chain that I did for the steak, but yes. And I actually steaked it. Yes, and we have video footage of that. Yes, I need to post that video on YouTube, along with a couple other things, so you can see me going, ah, (laughs) (laughs) as I cut the steak at midnight. But yeah, I got it done in time, and I wore it, and it's super pretty, Mm -hmm. and lots of people said it was super pretty. I was actually pretty surprised. Like, there were a number of people, like, I'm getting stopped quite a bit. My people were like, that sweater's really pretty. Or like, especially a lot of people who were like, is that a Kate Davies sweater? <laughs> I'm like, that's cockatoo bray, isn't it? And I'm like, yep. Oh my God, I am with my people. Which reminds me, I need to like email Marsha or like DM Marsha on Twitter or something and be like, hey, so those photos that you took on the last day when we were leaving the house. Yeah, free up. <laughs> yeah. I want to see those. But yeah, so once I had finished the buttons on the sweater and the sweater was done and on me on the train, I cast on Lily Pilly on the train on the way down. That's a disclaimer, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's a disclaimer. I'm getting to it. Mine is not so far along as Maggie's. But for good reason. Yeah. Because I realized I had misread the pattern. Well, I did the I did the the stripes. So basically it's 50 rows of stripes. So like back, you know, out and back. Yeah, is one. Change color, out and back, change color. And I started the lace and I realized I had misread the pattern. And I was doing the increases and decreases on the opposite side of where I should have been. So it was slanting the wrong way. So it was slanting in the wrong direction. And I was like, I, I, the increases and decreases in the lace pattern are kind of built in. Not built yeah. into the lace itself, but they work with, they're on a, a the pearl back row and they work with the pattern, the lace pattern on the opposite rows. So I was like, it's probably not going to work if I just try and reverse that, is it? No. So I ripped out the entire thing except for the cast on and the first row. I was able to save that. So technically, (laughs) it was still cast on on the train because the cast on and the first row were done on the train. Yes. And I managed to save those. Um, But then I had to redo the stripes, which sweet Jesus. Like... Doing the stripes the first time was okay. It was still like, okay, I want to get to the lace. Yeah. The second time was like, oh my God. Like, is it not far? Oh God, how much further before I can do this lace? It's knitting, was, knitting purgatory. Yeah. But I am finally at the lace. So I have done three repeats, I think. One, two, three. Yeah, three repeats. I'm on the fourth repeat of the lace pattern. You have to do 10 for this section. And I'm liking the colors. Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing mine in mine is some it's some neutral uh, some some natural color superwash sock yarn I had from wool to dye for that I had actually gotten for dyeing but I was like hmm this might actually be good for the shawl and I don't think I mentioned last time I completely changed the, like all the yarns that I was using for the shawl <laughs> I had yarn put aside for the shawl I've had it put aside for a year no that's what I did to to check the date uh... I looked at the, the Instagram pictures I posted. To be like, hey guys, I need help choosing colors for this. Back in June 28, 2015. <laughs> so the colors I had had for like a year, almost a year and a half, 
put aside for this very shawl, like a week, two weeks before we left, I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know if these are gonna work. I'll do it in something else. So I like completely scrapped the pattern, the shawl. I am not using any of those yarns in this shawl. You pulled a Bilbo Baggins, basically. Yeah. But they are still all stash yarns. So I didn't actually buy any yarn for this shell. Because like I said, I used the wool to dye for that I originally had for dyeing. I had the gray, um, is from Sheldridge Yarns. It's sort of a lightish gray. And I had bought it to do color work with or to do stripey stuff with. Because I knew it would go well with a number of the yarns in my, my stash. And I also like, I also kind of chose it too because... <laughs> For some reason, of course, I thought I was going to get much further on this than I actually was during Ryan Beck. <laughs> because, like, of course, you always think that when you go away. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I need to bring, like, six different knitting projects because I might finish these ones. It's like, no, no, you're fucking not. Um, and it's not like you don't have you don't have access to yarn while you're there. Yeah. Well, the thing was, Shellridge Yarns was at Ryan Beck. So I was like, well, if I really need another skein, because it's maybe a little bit low, like, it's... The amount I have is a little bit below what the pattern calls for, but I don't know if the pattern calls it will actually use all of the skeins. I'm like, well, if I really need another one, I can always buy one while I'm there. I think I'm safe. <laughs> I think it's more like this way. At, the, at this rate, I think it's more like, you know, if I really need one, I can buy one at the Knitter's Frolic in April. So yeah, so you shelters here. Those are the for the stripes. And then for the lace, I'm using yarn from... Uh, sadly, a non-existent anymore dyer, Waterloo Wools, mm. who has lovely stuff, and I have been hoarding the stuff that I have of it. And it is, I can't remember the colorway, I think it's very berry, not that it really matters because they're not dying anymore anyway, but it is like a bright raspberry pink, and it's so lovely. So I'm liking it so far. The the lace, I'm just finding, like, it sometimes will take me a minute to sort of figure out what row I'm on. Yeah, I'm in the I've, middle I've of the had pattern. that too. But usually I can figure it out pretty soon. And then after that, it's just like making a note of that first beginning a little bit. Yes. And then the rest of the row, it's fairly easy repeats of, mm. you know, increase of yarn overs and decreases. So hey, it's, it's think, really easy to find a rhythm. If you think knitting the 50 rows again was hard, wait till you get to the 100 rows. Yeah, I know. And like, <laughs> but then I'll at least have been on the lace for a while. So it'll be a little bit of a break. Okay. Oh, and I should mention Lily Pilly is by Amba O'Brien, A-M-B-A-H. And um, so I have been working a little bit on the Unicurve socks by Jeannie Cartmel, which is in some of my uh, Indigo Dragonfly, if I remember correctly. It is in the Polite Loner colorway. <laughs> um, I have not touched them in like a couple weeks, though, uh, which is why when Mom and I went to Toronto last week, was it last week? Yeah, it was a week yes, ago Friday. Was, yes. Yeah. Oh my god, my brain just sort of like, wait, it's been a week? <laughs> it's all, it's all right. I th- Already? I think the uh, the world is going through a couple of different reasons. <clears throat> yeah. Um, which, so, which is why when I went to Toronto last week, I was like, oh, I don't really want to, Lily Pilly's kind of big, I don't, I won't have room for it in the purse that I'm going to, like, take with me as my, my carry-on. So, <clears throat> I need a small project. I should cast on for some socks so that I have a small project completely forgetting the socks I already had on the <laughs> Completely forgetting about them. So <laughs> I started the Diagonella Socks by Mary Huff. M-A-R-Y, but it's Mary H-O-U-G-H. And I'm doing these. I just grabbed some uh, Sweet Georgia Tough Love Sock in the Oyster Bay colorway. That is pretty. Uh, and it makes like diagonal lines that sort of swirl around the sock. Neat. 
the patterning is hiding the 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 variegation is hiding the cut the patterning a little bit on these socks but i don't give a fuck <laughs> it's just like i want to make these and i'll use this yarn and i don't give a shit and you two will play nice whether or not <laughs> and i'm not going to like get fussy over like oh but you can't really see the patterning because of the because of the variegation i don't really care well are the socks um, for you yes so you don't care maggie you need to ask me that yeah i i sorry i forgot if I ever answer, like, actually, no, they're for someone else, start checking me for, like, head injuries. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've also been, like, very tempted to cast on something uh, with the far- yarn I got from Link Farm, which is the local sort of farm at one of the wineries, um, for Wovember, which is basically a, it's a knitter, spinner, felter sort of focused month for celebrating wool it's particularly focused on because the the people who host it are are in the uk they're particularly focused on like using uk stuff like that but they also encourage like people elsewhere in the world to use their local wools and stuff like that and they do have in the um if you go to wovember.com w-o-v-e-m-b-e-r um there's all sorts of articles about like sheep from all places places all over the world like even just looking at the the blog right now there's one from the Netherlands, about sheep in Malta. I think there's one, I forget if it was from this year or from last year, but it was, um, you know, it was about Canada. And there's also the hashtag Wovember on Twitter and Instagram, so you can see things that people are making. Yeah, it says Wovember is about recognizing that wool is a premium textile which, com- which comes from an actual sheep, and that as such, the terms wool, woolly, and woolen should only be applied to real wool and not, for instance, to polyester or viscose. Because especially, you know, you see stuff from like high-end brands or from stuff like that where they're like woolly you know coat or whatever like that it's like no it's all polyester you're just saying that because it has like a a shearling sort of look on the inside or something or wool like or whatever but yes and it's run by louise scully who's the host of the knit british podcast as well as yeah, felicity ford who hosts the knit sonic podcast and blog and who is also the author of the stranded color work source book so yeah, there's lots of really cool articles and stuff on there so looking at that, I was like, you know, I'd really like to make something out of my Link Farm yarn, but I kind of already have a lot of the needles. <laughs> <laughs> I have Lily Pilly, and I now have two pairs of socks, not counting any other pair, like, well, one, two, three pairs of socks that are I haven't touched in, like, at least eight months. On that the are needles. upstairs in my knitting bin. Um, not to mention a, a certain circular shawl, which is still not finished. <laughs> Almost six months after it should have been. Whoops. But yes, other things. I have finished my first real weaving project. Yes, you have. It was great. Good for you. I basically just took some yarn, uh, some sock yarn. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) High five? No. Or was that? I was trying to indicate to you. Hold on. Okay. Fine. Fine. (laughs) Sorry. I was trying to tell you to hush while I sneeze. And you're like, oh, you mean to you want to high five me? And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm my hang up and my hand up is like, leaving me hanging. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, I'll just, I'll just go back here and drink my tea. But yeah, so I finished my first real weaving project. Um, basically, I just took some yarn, uh, some sock yarn that I had from, I think it's Patty dyed it for me. Like for my birthday for ages ago. And I had still been sort of holding on to it, looking for the right project. And, and its time had come. Because what I did is I took that and I warped it. It's sort of big surprise. It's teals and blues and greens. You know, I'm it's, not saying it's anything. my colors. Shut I'm not it. saying anything. Shut it. And well, see, that was one of the reasons I picked it. Because then what I did is I took 
little um, balls of leftover balls of yarn that I had from all my sock projects, which I still have. And I wound, I would wind a length of it on the shuttle, tie on another ball, wind a length of that on the shuttle, tie on another ball, tie on another length of that on the shuttle. Um, so I'd have like, you know, seven or eight different bits of uh, different colorways on each shuttle. And then I just weave with, with those little bits. So I could see sort of how the colors interacted with the warp and what sort of effects I got when you combine warp and weft in different colors and stuff. And I threw in some of my little bits of my um, my hand spun. There's a couple bits in there. Okay. Um, just to so see what it's like. So it's just very, it's very long. It is like probably like seven and a half, maybe eight feet long. Yeah, I would say easily eight feet. Yeah. So it's a very long scarf, but it, it's nice for for like loosely looping around my neck. And it's just got all these little patches of like different colors and stuff in it. And I really like it. <laughs> it's nice and cozy and I still need to wash it. Karen's Technicolor Dream Scarf. Yes. Yes, it is. Basically. Because <laughs> some of them too, like some of them I picked because they would coordinate with the warp, but some of them I picked to see what how stuff that is like completely different. So stuff that's like pink and white and black or like stuff like that would go would go with it. Oh, and um, I may have acquired more yarn. May have? May have. May have. <laughs> as, I, as I say, with a big pile of yarn sitting next to me. May have. Um, well, there's the... Okay, first things first... Because this arrived like two days after we got back from Rhinebeck. This is the Geek Club skein for the uh, episode, I believe it's episode three. The Joss Whedon inspired. And it's in the chameleon sock. Yep. And the colorway is... For the last time, there's only one S in Asgard. (laughs) And it's like dark gray and like bright tealy turquoise and like lighter gray and it's super pretty. Oh, yes. This is totally you. And I should mention, too, along with it came a little bag from Tom Bean. Tom Bean, B-I-H-N. And she also included something would have been nice to get the, the week before. Yes. Would have had a use for it. Yeah. A set of polyhedral dice, i.e. Dungeons and Dragons dice. What? One of which, there are two D10s in here. One of which has the Indigo Dragonfly uh, logo on the 10 spot. So yes, very pretty dice and they're in blues and purples. And they match what you're wearing. Shut it. Yeah, whatever. Well, I'm wearing mostly pinky purple. I didn't. I said it's it not matches. a close, it's not a close match. But so that was the, the, the little gift in it. And one of the cards, the trading cards that she gave, um, basically has an idea for, uh, called roll of the dice. So you choose one of the dice basically uh-huh. that she sent. Um, and then choose like a pattern or texture. So stripes, knitter pro patterns, cables, eyelets, increases and decreases, drop stitches, whatever, or two. And you assign that number to, or assign numbers to, um, like colors or stitch types or whatever. And so you cast on for, you know, scarf, cowl, whatever. And then you roll the dice to decide, like, say what color you're going to do next or how many stripes of a, of a row you're going to do. So like one could even use like, say, 2D10s. If you had 10 different colors, you could like roll both of them. And in this case, I could do, actually work better with the percentile die. So I can tell which is which. So let's say the percentile die is like the color I'm going to use and the the D10 is going to be how many rows. So in that case, I would do like 10 rows of like color number six or whatever. Yep. Or you can adapt it however you like. So it's kind of neat. Or one can also use them for (laughs) D&D, which is what I will hopefully use them for. And then 
couple weeks ago, I went to Toronto for the day, and I went to Yarns Untangled, and Yarns Untangled is one of the places selling the blue brick. Yay! So I spent quite a long time dithering in front of the wall of the blue brick yarns, because they had both the... They had a little bit of the worsted. They had the big skeins of the sock yarn, the Killarney sock, where it's the gradient goes throughout one skein. They also had a number of the twins sock yarn sets, which is basically gradient going through two smaller skeins, so that you could say, like, have two... Two matching socks or whatever. So I spent a long time dithering and deciding because, oh my god, all the colors are so pretty. Yes, the colors are pretty and the way that she does them is very nice. And eventually I went for one of the big skeins of Killarney Sock in the Iceberg colorway. I thought of you as soon as I saw that colorway. Yeah. So it's white and turquoisey greeny blue and darker blue and it's super pretty. And it's 500 yards, so I should be able to get... A decent, a decent size yeah. shawl or something out of this. I'm still deciding what I want to I do. I was going to say, do you have plans for that? I- I'm still thinking. I'm okay. thinking it has to be, because it's one big gradient, it's got to be some kind of like scarf or shawl like big thing. Yeah, I would agree. To use it to its maximum potential. And then, like... You fell down. A while ago, yeah, I super fell down. Um, because the Loopy U put up their Christmas kit. And their Christmas kit this year... Included, well, one of them included a project bag, and then one of them included one skein of one Lisa, and the other skein of the other kit involved two skeins of one Lisa. So I went for the two skeins <laughs> because I really love this variegate. Oh my god, it's that, so pretty. That kind of looks like it's straight out of Whoville Christmas. To be it honest. is, it's so pretty. Um, so yeah, I got the one. It's got, um, there's a, it came with a solid called Blitz Von Kitts, which is a really bright, again, raspberry that, pink. It, that again, is... matches what I'm wearing. I'm saying it before you do. Okay. That is an electric raspberry that'll kill you. Yeah. It is bright. And it also had a variegate in it called Wings on My Feet, which you can get separately from the Loopy U. I have seen it in there. Um, the regular Wilmism. But I wanted both. Um, uh, which is that same bright raspberry but also a really dark teal and white and then each color sort of bleeds into the white over long areas so these colors are so santa can see you when he's flying overhead right yeah and i really i am tempted i am also very tempted to cast on something with this so i can be like i'm gonna make something for christmas day if you're going to do that, you need And then to- part of my brain is like, Christmas Day is 35 days away. Yeah, if you're going to do that, you need to do that soon. You need to get on that and you have other shit you need to do. But I'm also like trying to figure out the right project because I would really love to use these together. Oh, I'm yeah. Just not sure. Oh, yeah. I'm just not sure anything I've seen so far that has like shawls or whatever that use both variegate and solid have really spoken to me yet. Mm. So that could also be like just the, the colorways they used might be it might be different in this one. And they're so pretty. I love them so much. So pretty. I just like petting them and looking at them. There's been quite a few times, especially... You know, so- taken out of context. That's really creepy. But because we know the context, it's perfectly yes, acceptable. Yes, yarn. It also works with kittens and yes. puppies. Yes. Um, and other small animals. Yeah, there's been quite a few times, especially when I was working on the sweater, and I was like, oh, I really shouldn't cast anything else on. I have enough to do right now. There's been a lot of times where I've just gone downstairs and just, like, sat with the yarn. Like, just communed with the yarn for a little while. Like, just, you know, stare at it, pet it, pull out a skein, admire its beauty, rub it on my face, put it back. You know, <laughs> there's something, there's, I'm finding there's, there's something very calming and very 
happy making. We we all become the about co- about just just looking at mustache and just like touching mustache and like we all become the collector when yes. it comes to our stash. Yes, but just you know relaxing and, and being with the yarn is sometimes just just nice on its own. I'm looking up a pattern that I saw. You've probably seen that because that's in the Mystic Collection. Oh, I think I have, but hmm, maybe I'll have to. She's showing me Mystic Delight by Anna Delvey, which I might have to look at. Yeah, later for. But yes, so speaking of getting yarn. Yes. <laughs> we have not done our Rhinebeck No, and silly me, I didn't bring any of my yarn except for what I've already knit into the hat. But I think yeah. I can remember all of mine because it wasn't excessive. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't excessive. Yeah. Um, we did do a little Periscope video, which again, I will yes. hopefully post on YouTube soon with our sort of Rhinebeck post-mortem. <laughs> with our Rhinebeck's haul. Yes. But I remember I got Blitzen Socks at Rock from Into the mm-hmm. Fold. I got what I believe just is the fold. Purple Underground in pixie weight, so in a finer weight, from Dragonfly Fibers. Yeah. Which is also where I got Into the Woods in worsted weight from Dragonfly Fibers. And I'm thinking that I'm forgetting something. Anything from Into the World? Yes. Quoth the Raven. That's it. Yes. Quoth the Raven I got from Into the World. Yes. And that's from one of their newer dye Yes, their new methods. dye methods. I'm going to have to see it's how that goes. It's more like speckly and kettle dye rather than um, like space dyed. So a lot of my, actually looking at it, a lot of my colorways from, from Rhinebeck were very dark and moody and <laughs> very goth. I don't yes. know where that was coming from. 2016 is just getting you down, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But yes, yeah, so we went to Rhinebeck. We went to Rhinebeck. It was amazing. It was so good. As it always is. It was so good. I miss it the rest of the year. I know. It's the Knitter's Christmas. Yeah, it's basically Christmas. And in contrast to the year before where it snowed, this year, the Sunday, it yes. got freaking warm. It was freaking warm. Like it was like t-shirt weather. I think it was just windy enough that I still managed to wear my sweater. Like it was just windy enough that it wasn't so warm that... And at, at certain times, the, the sun went sort of behind clouds, so I could still wear my sweater instead of, like, broiling in it. Yeah. But yeah, it was super warm. It was like, what the fuck? Seriously? It's like, the year I finally finished my Rhinebeck sweater, <laughs> it's warm. Fuck 2016. God damn it. Thanks, 2016. God damn it, 2016. Thanks, 2016. But yeah, but there were some really nice, you know, times, like, just chilling on the hill. Yes. Sitting, relaxing. People watching. It was people great. People watching, talking to people. It was so much fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. And we inspired a bunch of others to do Lily Pillies in our group. Yes. <laughs> there was at least, what, two more? Yeah, it was two more. It, it was It was like a contagion. It was catching. <laughs> but Lexi was uh, doing a sort of Druid-inspired Lily yes. Pilly, so all of her colors were greens and mottled yellows and browns and things like that. Mm-hmm. Was it Marsha who was doing the other one? I'm trying to remember. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think Marsha might have got yarn for Lily Pilly uh, while she was there. Yeah, Marsha got a huge haul. Right back. Marsha got lots of yarn. Holy nuts. Okay, anyways. <laughs> well, she also doesn't have to worry about the whole exchange rate thing. There is that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time again. It's so much fun getting together with... It's so much fun meeting all the listeners and people that we've been talking to on the internet for so long. And we met our 12-year-old boy... Yes, we met Devin again. Hi, Devin. He made my day, okay? (laughs) He so made my day. I love you, dude. You're awesome. Someone thinks we're cool. Someone thinks we're cool. (laughs) Oh, that's right. And you got interviewed about your Rhinebeck sweater. Yes. Yeah, there was a, there's someone who was doing uh, like a big video of people's Rhinebeck sweaters. So yes, if you go to YouTube, 
It's uh, user Christy Glass Knits, and the video is called Tell Me About Your Rhinebeck Sweater 2016. So basically she had a big sign that says, tell me about your Rhinebeck sweater or, you know, whatever Rhinebeck project. And so you would go over and, you know, t- could talk about your Rhinebeck sweater. So I am in that video. We met Anna Dalvey. Yes, we met Anna Dalvey and kind of fangirled over her. And she had a beautiful big shawl on. I, yes. I do have some pictures that I really should post when we when we post this episode. Yeah. Because I have some really great pictures of her, her and her shawl. We yeah. had awesome food. Yes. Chunk o' lamb. <laughs> huge chunk of lamb yeah because one thing that was really nice this year we rented a house through airbnb as we usually do and the house was really nice it was so cute it was a tiny little cottage a tiny cottage it was a little hobbit cottage now we did have some problems with the fireplace yeah we, we had some never did manage to quite to get the trick of not having smoke come into the room and therefore like turn on the the i i if, if we've been able to manage that that would have been perfect because yes. it was a nice big stone fireplace too and i crept my pants both times the alarms went off <laughs> yeah it was I'm loud you. and scary but yeah it was a really cute little little hobbit cottage it was, it was with a really a, nice kitchen with a really nice kitchen and a back deck and surrounded the i will admit the driveway's a little bit um, yeah driveway yeah. was a bit scary yeah. driveway was like very steep like in the dark 60 degree angle 70 degree angle steep yeah especially in the dark and it was better too when we also found the, the better way to to go to that yes to go up the mountain instead of because the, the first time yeah the first time it's like oh here's the faster route okay we'll take that multiple switchbacks going up the mountain it's i'm like, not gonna um, lie uh, no. especially sitting in the back of the van i was getting nauseous yeah i was i wasn't nauseous i was just a little terrified because oh sweet jesus especially because you know there are deer around there we saw deer yes it's we did. like we really don't want deer to jump out at us but yeah the the place was really nice so like and we had like this full kitchen so we were with you know really nice appliances and stuff so we were able to like do a lot of cooking there you know we made pizza one night and um i made cinnamon rolls for sunday morning no comment what do you mean no comment? I plead the fifth. <laughs> are are you are you trying to to make yourself look more innocent, Miss Cinnamon Roll Stealer? Nope, not doing anything. <laughs> Margaret made me do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Blame it on Margaret. We fo- yeah. We formed a hive mind. <laughs> yes, basically. It was scary. It was beautiful. Yeah, so the morning I made cinnamon rolls. Like, I had been making cinnamon rolls all morning and waiting for them to be done to make, because I didn't want to hop in the shower and then, like, come out and they were overdone. So I waited until after the cinnamon rolls were out of the oven. And then I was like, okay, cinnamon rolls need to cool a bit. I'm going to go have a shower. Nobody touched them. No, you said they needed to cool for 10 minutes. They need to cool for 10 minutes. I'm going to have a shower. Nobody touched them. And I said, Nobody touched them. I said, you're saying that so that the two Margarets don't go face first into the pan. And you said, yes. Yes. Okay, fine. Then what happened? We waited 10 minutes. (laughs) You did not wait 10 minutes. We did. We waited 10 minutes. Oh, Lord. We waited 10 minutes. I said about 10 minutes. Went and then went in and, and I admit I was the one that closed the door. (laughs) Yes, because I get out of the shower and start walking toward the kitchen. And I noticed the kitchen door is almost closed. The kitchen door has not been closed the entire weekend. And I'm like, why is the kitchen door almost closed? It was I walk perfect. in. It was like it was like a sitcom moment where Karen pokes her head in, and there's me. Margaret already has one on a plate, and there's me dishing out a second one, and we just both. You breathe. have the spoon like halfway yes. in to another cinnamon roll, and, we both and it's like a couple. Breathe. It's like when you flick on the light, and a couple raccoons are in the garbage, and they sort of stop and look at you. 
Yeah, and then she, and then Karen says, "I was going to ice them first, and we." Looked, I didn't think you guys were savages, and I had them without icing. We kind of looked at each other, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, the icing." Put the cinnamon rolls down. Lower our heads. Scuttle back to the couch. <laughs> scuttle back out of, out of the room. And then dissolve into into <laughs> yeah, giggles, and, and we got we were accused of being twelve years old. <laughs> yes. Because you are. Well, for that, that particular day, you were hard-pressed to get yes. us into double digits, I yeah. think. <laughs> and that, that has now... I love our housemates. That has now become known as the cinnamon roll situation. Yes. I love our housemates. Yes. Seriously, I love you guys. I miss you guys the rest of the year. We need to figure something out where we can get together like in like April or something. March, dude! March, March. Yes. You'll understand why in a bit. Yes. Um... Also, in Loving Our Housemates, we did a little trial experiment for a bunch of people. Yes. Where Margaret, not me, Margaret got to play, be the D&D for a Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, she got to be the DM. She, yes, that's what I meant when I said <laughs> the things. Yeah, because she had been, she had mentioned something about kind of wanting to DM, try, you know, wanting to try DM, because she has never DM'd. She is, which is, if in case you don't know Dungeons and Dragons, DM is Dungeon Master, sometimes also called Game Master or GM. Basically, it's the person who's running the scenario, yep. who has sort of, kind of planned it out. And so she had never DM'd before, so she was kind of thinking she wanted to try it. And then with Maggie and I watching Critical Role, Maggie wanted to do Dungeons <laughs> She's strangling me, guys. If you don't remember, the last time we talked, we were on this show, Karen said in Geek Squee, hey, I found this really cool show called Critical Role, blah de blah de blah blah and I thought, oh, I'll look into that. I have not had a life since, okay? All my TV shows have been put to the wayside. I, li- I listen to it while I'm doing tedious stuff at work. Not while I'm in meetings. I'm a good girl. But while I'm doing <laughs> tedious stuff at work, I do it while I'm doing stuff at home. It is on on while I do my knitting, and I'm like, I've got to catch up. I've got so many episodes to catch up on. You have ruined my life. <laughs> welcome to the world. There to is the club. nothing else. Except, yes, the wonderful, that- except the wonderful world that Matt Mercer creates. <laughs> Holy damn, that man is talented. Mm, yes, he is. He's, he, he's taken. He's like official. I he's know, taken. I know, it's officially taken. And my, my celebrity crushes have to have certain requirements. They have to be single. They have to be single. <laughs> I'm telling this so that my subconscious hears it enough. Okay, please. Okay, so going back to D and D with the people with the yes. people we know. Yeah. So Maggie has played D and D quite a bit before. Yep. Um, I had played like once, and then Lexi had never played. Or Lexi, no, Lexi played like once when she was younger, I think. Maybe or she or Marsha, which was I can't remember. Yeah, I think. But she- most of us were like you know fairly new to D and D, so we decided to play D and D. Yep. On one night, and Margaret came up with a scenario. I kind of felt so bad because she had made, I, I saw her making all these notes and I was good. I didn't peek. But in the back of the van while we're on our way to Rhinebeck and back from the fair, she has all of these books and notes and pens and everything. And she's making all these ideas. And yeah. and we didn't even get out of town. <laughs> yep. We fought each other. <laughs> we didn't meet a monster. We fought each other. Well, that just means we need to get together over Skype and do more. <laughs> it's fun. Yes, it is. And because then we get to interact with more people and more characters. Hey, Marsha, you're still bait. <laughs> still bait. Yeah, you're still bait. <laughs> so yes, we came up with characters beforehand. Like we sort of came up with ideas for our characters and emailed them to her. And then when we were there, we actually did the, the number rolling and stuff like that. Yeah. And so we actually played a little D&D on the Sunday night. 
which was also nice because we had actually this year we booked the house in past years we've booked it for the friday night and saturday night this year we did it for the friday night saturday night and sunday night yep which was really nice because we could stay later yep at the fair on sunday because the the new yorkers didn't have to try and you know get back to the city and therefore go through traffic um and also it was just really nice because then Sunday morning we could be more relaxed, have something to eat, everything like that, and head out to the fair. We didn't have to get all our stuff packed up and get the, the car packed up and everything like that. And so then, too, when the fair was over, we could just go back to the car and then go back to the house and have fun instead of, like, going back to the cars and saying goodbye to people. And be and sad. it being over. It'd be sad. So it was really nice having that extra night, especially then because we get to play d d <laughs> And we actually got... <laughs> It's basically the scenario that Margaret came up with was there is a fair. <laughs> I love her imagination. Yes. <laughs> Which has usually draws people from all around, from miles and miles around for all the, the crafts and animals and other things. But something has scared people away. Something is stealing livestock from nearby farms. And anyone who has gone to investigate it has not come back. And I so. love the the character she, one of the NPCs she played was a bard called Tosh. Some yes. people call me mad Tosh. No. <laughs> or there was Miss Babson who ran yes. the, ran the, uh, the, um, the fabric store. That I, you know, I spontaneously caught on fire in. <laughs> yes. But, you know. Well, I think it started a bit too because I was, I think I said something in an email that I was now imagining our trip to Rhinebeck like a little yes. D&D quest. Yes. And somehow this spun out into this whole thing. So, yes, Rhinebeck was a lot of fun. Yes. Oh, yes. And also, one more food thing we forgot to mention. Yes. The, um, well, basically, of course, every year at Rhinebeck, like, dude, apple cider donuts. Apple cider donuts. Oh, yes! And they got smushed. Yes. Yeah, Margaret got some, especially because they were still hot. Um, they kind of got smushed in her bag into, like, one loaf of apple cider donut. She had, like, a dozen of them. So, since they all got smushed... And smooshed into, like, one piece, <laughs> smooshed all together. Basically, she just cut them all up and made bread pudding. Yes, out of apple, out of cider, apple cider donuts. People. Oh, my God, people. People, you have no idea. Oh, my God, people. It was a, it was a glorious thing. It was amazing. It was, oh, it was my everything. <laughs> it was the best. This is why you rent a house. So yes. you can have apple cider donut yes. bread pudding. Yes. I think we might need to do that again intent- intentionally, intentionally next year. Well, you know, we do have a Beachwood near us. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Yes. Because we have a lot to talk about in this episode. Yeah. It's probably going to be mostly knitting content in this one. Um, yeah, so we we got stuff. I don't think I mentioned what I got. I got Go Skein of Socks That Rock, Plumbing the Depths from The Fold. I got uh, from Into the World. In their hand-painted Gloucester sock, I got the Marriaduck color. I was thinking about that one long and hard. <laughs> Named, of course, after Mary from Lord of the Rings, who is also a halfling, much like my D&D character. And then I also got from uh, Dragonfly Fibers, I got a skein of their dragon sock in the Turning Leaves colorway. Yes, you were very happy about that one because that was yes. that was everything we saw. Yes, at it's Rhinebeck. perfect fall colors. It's like the colors of the trees at Rhinebeck. And, and it was and it I had just cuddle it to myself just, until next October. <laughs> until next October. It had just the barest hint of green. Yeah. And then all of the cascades yeah, of red and orange and brown and loveliness. Happy place. Hugging the yarn. So yes, those are my acquisitions. 
Um, and I also got one more thing, but I think I'm going to leave that for Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Okay. So that I can pimp their stuff. But yes, I'm trying to think if there's anything else from Ryan Beck that was just like, it's just, it, the whole weekend is just so much fun. And I love the people that we stay with. They're all like kindred spirits. Yes. It's like you find your people. You find yes. your tribe. Nobody looks at you weird. Yeah. <sighs> they understand me so much. Oh, and I finally, finally got to meet Kate. Library, oh, yeah. Librarian Kate on uh, Twitter and Ravelry and who, like, it's, this year I was thinking, like, we have to have met at some point, right? Like, we have to have met in person. Like, but I couldn't, she couldn't make it to the last couple Rhinebecks. So I'm like, was there not some other occasion where we actually got together and met? Because, like, I feel like we had to have. But nope, we haven't. So I finally got to meet Kate, who I've been wanting to meet for, like, years now. And it was amazing. She was a fellow geek. Damn it. Reminds me. I forgot. She gave me, she got a couple special comics from New York Comic Con that is, I think they're issues of Captain Canuck with Justin Trudeau. Yeah. yeah. I got two. She got us two. She got one for me and one for Red Parrots, which I was taking back because I was going to, I need, still need to send that to you, Red Parrots. I meant to bring it to the sheep to shawl. But that just means she has some good mail coming her way. Yeah. But I completely forgot it in my trying to remember all the stuff for the sheep to shawl speaking of which yeah sheep to shawl yeah oh my god what an adventure <laughs> yeah i don't know about well we my car took a left turn at albuquerque on the way there uh we must have been just talking and we took the wrong road in the fork and found ourselves yeah where you come to the wrong bit, end where you, of where you the go city. Up, either up the 401 or down the gardener to go to the north end of Toronto or the, you know, by the lake end of Toronto, you took the one that goes whichever, north. Yeah, whichever one. Yeah, we, we took a left turn at Albuquerque and was yeah. like, oh, we're not supposed to be anywhere near the airport. Yeah, airport we're, is definitely a sign you were in the wrong we're, spot. We're, okay, um, let's, let's pull into a parking lot and find out where we're supposed to be going. But we did make it there with enough time. Yeah. And then we had... As Katie eloquently puts it, warp drive problems. Yeah. So basically, in case you haven't heard our other episodes on the Sheep to Shawl or even ever seen one, um, basically Sheep to Shawl is where teams generally, I think, as in general, they arrive with the with a loom already warped, and you have like one weaver and a bunch of spinners, and you are given a fleece, generally like straight off the sheep, still with still in the grease. Yeah, in the grease with lanolin and dirt and everything in it. And then you have to spin it and weave it into a shawl within a set time period. In this case, we do it at the Royal Winter Fair in Toronto in November. And we have four hours. Yep. Basically to take it from fleece to shawl. So yeah, this year we had a little bit of trouble. We had to uh, dye more yarn like the Sunday before. So I had to go over to Michelle's and bring dye stuff. And we had to have a little dye day to make more yarn for the warp. And then uh, Michelle was up until 1 a.m. trying to warp the loom and had missed... There had been one, ra- mis- yeah. one problem right in the middle. Yeah. Um, mis-threaded a couple things. So she was she was having a meltdown the night before and stuff. And then so we got there. She tried fixing it. Sort of fixed some of the threads, but like there was one that was still a problem. So she had to just sort of like weave it in at the end of the competition. But even with that, it was still it was still good. We got there. It was pretty chill. The fleece was the fleece was really good. Yeah, the fleece was lovely. And basically what they do is they have numbers written on a piece of paper. One number. Each fleece is numbered and those numbers are put in an envelope and one representative of each team pulls out a number and that's the number of your fleece. So it's sort of like a lotto. Yeah. But we 
we got going and we made up time and we started cracking jokes. Yeah, and we were all pretty chill. I don't think Michelle actually put on her headphones at all. Usually she has headphones, yeah. even just to dissuade people from talking to her. But I don't think she had them on. The new, the new setup kept like... people away. People, if you're ever at a sheep to shawl, do not touch the weaver. Yeah. Do n- I don't care how much you want to touch the fabric, touch the loom, or touch the person. Do not touch the weaver. They bite. Yeah, and generally, And they like, are venomous. I would say, like, mm, don't necessarily ask the weaver questions. No. Some of them might be okay with it, but in a lot of cases, the weaver is trying to keep track of the pattern and everything. And so, that's you know, pretty probably much- generally best to maybe ask one or the other. Yes. This is kind of like paralleling going up to somebody playing the piano and tapping on some of the keys and saying, you know, oh, tell me about the piece you're playing. I am playing it now. Excuse me. Yeah. Ask me when we're done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but this year was like, it was very chill. It was just very chill, relaxed. And we The drum carter was working really well. I think really part of well. it too was the drum carter was working really well. So like, I didn't have to card practically at all. Like, Carrie was just, you know, drum yeah. carting these and from what I, chunks. from what I know, nobody bled. Yeah. Because normally, for some reason or another, we catch ourselves with the, with the carding paddles yeah, the hand or something. Usually, usually my knuckles and stuff, my hands oh, get yeah. all cut up with the... But um, this year, I think I think we were all good, and we got it off in good time. Yeah, we we got it off the loom, and it was like thirty to forty minutes before yeah. the end. And I'm like, I, is it the right length? This this feels. Are we sure? Are we sure of the time? Yeah. <laughs> is it the right length? And it was. It was longer than it needed to yep. be. Now the only <laughs> thing I I will say is whoever was setting up the tables next to us, dudes, don't throw them. Yes. Like they oh were setting. They were setting up. An eatery station, like restaurant stations. Yeah, basically this year, we were in an area of the Royal called the the Hitching Ring. Um, We're basically in the Hitching Ring Cafe. And basically what it is, is it's right next to the big horse show coliseum that they have there. So So then what they would do is like when the horse shows and stuff are on, they will have, that is the area where... They will get the horses all hitched up and like the riders will get on and do, you know, a couple little warm up laps of the ring and stuff like that. And along the edges of the fences of the ring are tables. It's a cafe. So people can sit there and eat and, you know, talk to the, the, the riders and stuff like that and see the horses getting hitched up and everything. And which works out pretty nicely for the sheep to shawl because it's a nice way to feature Yes. The sheep to shawl and people can sit there and watch. Um, and then people could also like come into the ring and sort of look at our displays and everything like that. But it also meant, it also goes nice having a little featured area for us instead of just like we're in the same ring as like all the small animal shows and stuff like that. But the only thing was that like, I don't know what they had done in there the day before. You would think the tables would still have been out from the day before because this is the last day of the fair. But most of the tables and stuff in the cafe area had been put away. So about an hour after we started, because we started at nine, they start bringing up the tables and the chairs. And dude kept dropping those damn tables. And they're like heavy metal tables. And it's like, dude, seriously, you're like, scaring we, the shit out of us. We are wound tight enough as it is. Being... <laughs> we're wound tight and low on sleep because we had left. We left at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I left. I was up at 515 and yeah. I left my house at 530. Yeah, I was up at five. So I'm like, oh, fuck all. Yeah. And trying to, and you know. And it's the start of a competition, a yeah. timed competition. You do not make loud, bangy noises yes. around people like that. Because I'm serious. I was ready. I don't care how tall or muscular you are. I was ready to throw down with you. I was so pissed. <laughs> but for all of that, we came forth. 
Yep. Which is pretty good. Yes. Still. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, our score was about the same as the last couple yeah. of years. Um, I think it's been different judges each year, too, which is probably part of it. And this year, too, we did have a problem with the, um, like, with that one warp thread yeah. and stuff. So, you know, it was about what we expected, but at least, but. But hey. You know, but hey. We, we persevered and we overcame some problems. And yeah. And we still got fourth. And out was, of six teams. <laughs> yeah. And it was a comfortable, it was a comfortable experience. We weren't yeah. racing at, like, the first year when we were drastic and racing. Yeah. Yeah. We were racing at the end. And like, and this year, yeah, there was a lot of time, a lot, we had a lot more time to finish and it just felt a lot more comfortable. comfortable. And you fun. still have the, you still have the adrenaline rush. You still have the, the, you know, keeping in mind the time and everything. And afterwards, there's still that sort of like, oh, okay. Now we can relax. <laughs> now we can relax. By the way, our theme this year was 221B. Yes. Sherlock. Sherlock so our themed. entire uh, display was Sherlock themed. And I know we did get some pictures of that, but we'll see if we can post them. And Red Parrots from Toronto. Yes, thank came you, Red into Parrots. Pictures. Yes, thank you so much, Red Parrots. As well as our agent Bobbin. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> Cheryl for like taking pictures and for talking to people and stuff like that. Because basically, because I mean, when we're doing the, the competition, we don't really have time to like take pictures and stuff like that. So. So we and uh, my parents and their pictures are gorgeous. We we say thank you to our field agents, basically. Yes, and we will be posting pictures so everybody can see them. But we had a display that had things like the key to two two one B, and I had big big display board with Benedict and Martin in the Victorian garb. Yes, and yeah, it was lots of fun. We had the pipe, we had a cloak, we had a hat. We had a tea set that was spouting yarn. Yeah. It was great. And we had people who recognized us from yeah. past years and who was like, I think even someone even said like, oh, we were hoping you guys would be here like, yes. again this year or something. It's like, oh my God, we're getting recognized. And I got the shawl. Yes. My dad my dad had sent in a, a note to me a week in, a, in advance saying, I know you guys auction off the shawl afterwards. I'm putting in an advance bid of this much. So yeah. I bid on his behalf. Yeah. But I was like, yay! Yeah, at the auction. Now dad is trying to figure out if he's keeping it or if he's giving it to mom. <laughs> yeah, and for the the theme of the shawl, because it was 221B, so we decided to do it. Um, the shawl was all in grays and purples, so like dark purple and charcoal gray to a lighter purple and uh, like violet um, and a, um, a lighter gray sort of gradient. And all of, the, all of the yarn was hand dyed by me this year. And the the pattern that we used the the weaving pattern that we used um sort of these little um sort of huck lace rectangles yep. that sort of look like doors yes so it looked like doorways going up the shawl which and there are the photos are uh red parrots has posted her photos and i think charles posted hers in the uh in the ravelry group under sheep to shawl 2016 so you guys can see all the photos of us in progress looking all intent <laughs> and focused but yeah it was fun Maggie got poutine. Yes, I had... We all got poutine. Like, yeah, bunch we of us all, got to, Yeah, we all went You, me, and, and Katie were just, like, diving on the poutine afterwards. And uh, I basically excused it by saying, I've been up since 5.15. Yeah. I'm having poutine. Well, yeah. We've been up since 5.15 or 5 o'clock. We've been on the go since, you know, since then, basically. You know, by the time the, com- the competition starts at 9, it finishes at 1. By the time you get everything packed up and in you know, and back in the cars and stuff, it's like two o'clock. Yeah. And you are very hungry. <laughs> and carbs and cheese curds and gravy sounds amazing. Amazing. At that time. Oh, okay. Moving on. Yeah. Into Geek Squee, which will be fairly short. Well, Ma- fairly should- short in the sense there's only a couple things. There's not many things we're mentioning. 
Not many things we're mentioning, but they're potent things. And because of the length of this that this episode is going to be, we might have to condense it. Well, it's just going to be a long episode. All right, we, haven't, we haven't done an episode in a while, so we've got to wait a long That is fair. Yeah. Okay, so Geek Squee. First of all, yes, I'm strangling you because of Critical Role. <laughs> She's still sucked in and it's amazing. I have been completely sucked in. <laughs> um, and we talked about this a little bit already. Critical Role is the uh, video podcast or audio video cast where Matt Mercer leads a group of, as he says, nerdy voice actors to sit, yeah. that sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons. So not only do you get to see the people, and the, you will recognize their voices possibly from some of the video games that you play. Yeah. Um, because, One person you might recognize because she's in Avengers. Yes, it's <laughs> Ashley Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> she's also right now uh, working in Blind Spot. So every yeah, once in a while, her character is literally called away. Mm-hmm. And whenever the, some of the members are in different places, because they go to cons all over the world, they'll Skype in for... <laughs> For the as game. well as occasionally Skyping in from, like, vacations and stuff. Yes! I'm just watching the one where Talison is in Hawaii. Hawaii! <laughs> and his friends are like, hey, we're going snorkeling, and he's like, yeah, I'm playing D&D. Well, he's he's also the one with the uh, tag name of Executive Goth. Yes. So, you know, Hawaii and Goth, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be working on my pail. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I'd be like, power, right there with you. <laughs> like, beach, no. <laughs> really? But it is his... Hysterical! It is hilarious. It's so much so fun. for somebody who doesn't understand how D and D works, you will get the idea of they roll the dice and what did you get? Okay, that means this. Yeah. And every once in a while, the the DM will, you know, create. Okay, so your dice roll means this, and this effect happens. And yeah. And the really fun parts is when he says, "How do you want to do this?" Yes. Which means whatever you were attacking, you have now finally killed it. Yes. How, how do you want to deal this death blow? And that's when the characters get to create something. <laughs> and then Matt usually takes it and makes it even more epic and awesome. Yes. He's got an imagination that, yes. you know, like seriously, what part of your soul did you carve off and yeah. sell to get that? And Matt does all the NPCs, the non-player characters. All the characters. NPCs and all my... So he does amazing <laughs> voices. Victor! Oh my god! Oh my god, Victor! Victor! The Black Powder Merchant. <laughs> ah. They also dress up for Halloween. Yes. Um, I, I have not watched the new Halloween episode, because I'm still catching up, but I've yeah. watched the old one, Hysterical. I just, I saw, I caught, the, basically they stream on Twitch on Thursday nights from 7 to 10 Pacific time, so it's about 10 o'clock to 1 a.m. our time. Um, and I'm not caught up, so I haven't watched full episodes either, but I've, a couple times I have sort of just gone in at the beginning of the, the Twitch streams to just see what's going on, and the Halloween one, I actually... Like, that one, I, I just watched the first little bit just so I could see what they were dressed up yep. as, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, let's see. And Victor is followed very closely by Gilmore, I it's have to say. Gilmore! Gilmore's Glorious Goods. Um, and the map maker. The map maker, who I have now met. <laughs> also, they do run on subscription, which is what power the sh- powers the show and the, mm-hmm. and the actors, but they take donations every single episode for charities of their choice yeah um and they usually will indicate the charities and also to indicate how um influential some of this is loot crate is their sponsor for the yes. episodes that we're wa- we're yeah. watching right now this series for that month and um not only did they did one but they came back and are doing it again so they're, yeah. they're like oh and the people that watch the show and subscribe are called critters yes i am a proud Critter. critters that was that was so <laughs> that was lame Boom, Thank you. There we go. And it's really, really lots of fun. They are super talented people, and they're all good friends. 
And uh, yeah, I would highly recommend checking them out if you want to lose parts of your life. <laughs> and it's so it's it can be so tense and so dramatic, yes. but also like so funny. Yes, yes. Like there there are times when like I have like pretty much jumped up off the couch and been like woo, when they've gotten like a natural twenty when they really when need they it. really needed it or when something awesome and happens. And Talis Talison is great for this. Yes, like you are either rolling hot or cold. There is no in between it. Yes, with you. But and there the the times when people have been like this close, one roll away from death, and you're like, oh my god, are they gonna have to roll up a new character? Is this really what happens? Yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I I love the show. Highly recommend it. Geek and Sundry, go check it out. Yes. Um, they also have uh, lots of pictures. And fan they, art. Fan art. Tons of fan art. Check it out on Pinterest. Jesus. Except maybe not unless until you've watched a lot of the episodes because you'll get spoilers. Well, you for will stuff. get spoilers. Yes. <laughs> they also are sort of like cameos in the comic book called The Rat Queen. Mm-hmm. And what was the last thing I was thinking of? I'll remember it later. Yeah. Okay. But moving on. Yes. Other things. But to coincide with that. Yeah, and I should say with with Critical Role, like, there are like 60 episodes, so 60-something episodes. So, like, there is... No, there's now 75. Well, of, like, the actual the actual campaign, not counting the extra stuff. Some of the ones in the... I don't watch the extra stuff. There's, oh, well, that's true. That's true. There, there's D&D. There's, like, DM Night. DM Tick... Uh, Tips and tricks. Or there's one-offs when, like, most of the party isn't there and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So some of the official episodes, there's, yes. like, 60-something. Uh, which may seem like a lot, but, you know, you can just start where you start at the beginning and just go from there. And... Oh, yeah, and these people... There'll be lo- there's lots of content to absorb. And plus, oh. then then you it will take you... It might take you a while to get there, but just consider it, like, you have that much longer before you then have to wait yes. every week. We are getting close to that point. I am kind of afraid. I'm not afraid. I, this is not going to stop me. Part of me is like, I want to consume, and then the other parts of me, but then I'll have to wait a week for so you. You are you are in between the rage hoarding, yes. and rationing, yes. And I don't care. I am rage hoarding. <laughs> I will get to the I will get to the other end, and then I will find some way to indulge or whatever. Yeah. Um. Whew, okay. So yes, other things. Um, how about we just mention this because it's short. Yes. Or sort of short. Yes. Yes. So... In recent news, we've had to peel Karen off the ceiling. Yes. Because um, there's a trailer that's come out recently that's making me very happy. This is the most recent Disney live action that happens to be very, very close to Karen's heart. Yes. Yeah, they have come out with a trailer for the live action Beauty and the Beast. And oh my god, so many feels... We actually saw it last night at it, the movie theater. It is really pretty. It, it's super pretty and looks super moody. And like, I swear, the the first when the trailer starts and that first the the piano from bit from the prologue starts up, I just I still every time I watch the movie I get goosebumps. And when I saw that in the trailer, I got goosebumps and I got emotional because oh my god. That's a sign of a really good soundtrack is when you get goosebumps just yes. from the first. It's kind of like, you know, when the Harry Potter, that little chiming music plays. Yeah. You know what world you're in and you know what is going, you know what environment is happening. Yes. And the same thing happens with that soundtrack for that movie. Yes. So we're talking about Beauty and the Beast. Yes. With Emma Watson. Yes. And Dan Stevens as the Beast. And like a whole bunch of other perfect, perfect actors for every other character. Friggin' Ian McKellen as Cogsworth. Like, yes. Come on. Yes. 
Yeah, I, I cannot wait for this movie. It comes out in March. We are going to have to go, like, opening night. Depends on what night that is. Is it the 17th? I think so. That's St. Patrick's Day. Everybody else should be drunk and in bars. Good. Yeah. No one else will be at the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be like, this is our St. Patty's Day. Yeah, no kidding. We're going to Beauty and the Beast. Nerds, what up? <laughs> but yeah, I, it looks gorgeous. And I really hope it is as gorgeous as the truth says because oh my god i want to see this movie there's one line in the in the trailer i kind of had to laugh at where he's like i think he's showing her how to use the magic mirror and he's like picture with every picture the you know the one thing that you want most of all but they're standing i think in the library while he does this i'm like bitch library right there this is exactly what i want bam there it is gigantic library all the books thank you very much disney library and unite (laughs) <laughs> moving on and yes. i'm only saying that because we have a lot of content this yes this episode well one of them too is going to be fairly short because you have not seen it yet i don't care so. about the spoilers but <laughs> all right fine we'll wait until i see okay. it well it just means there isn't going to be a lot of like actual discussion okay it's going to be me talking all so right, well let's do the other one. The one where we have we have both seen it oh my god dr, dr. Strange. strange yes <laughs> yes so dr strange came out Doctor Strange came out. We both have been to see it. Well, we saw it separately. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. I really did. Um, and Benedict was perfect for this role. Yeah. I'll say there's a couple other people that I've seen. But uh, the Tumblr fan cast I had seen for it would, I'm sure, also have been super awesome. And the Tumblr fan cast was also, you know, people of color. So that could have helped Marvel's diversity problem. But but yes, Benedict did really well in he the did. role. I re- I happen to really like the fact that romance didn't play highly in this movie at all. Yeah. I really liked that. And the what would be the romantic interest did not swoon every time he said her name. Or yes. she, she was basically like, <coughs> bitch, talk to the hand. You are being an ass. <laughs> yeah. So Doctor Strange is the latest sort of origin story um, in case you in case you've somehow you know, missed what it is. Yes. Basically. It's uh, basically Stephen Strange is a neurosurgeon um, who is like the best in his field. And he's super cocky and such an asshole about it until he is in a car accident, which bashes up his hands so that he can no longer, he no longer has the same control and he has tremors in his hands. So he can no longer do surgery, which he does not cope with very well. No, not at all. And ends up going... Traveling the world trying to find uh, a, a cure, cure or treatment for, his... for it. Um, and ends up learning magic. Like you do. Yeah, you know, as you like do. You do. Um, I in do... like Nepal <laughs> or Tibet. I do know that uh, there was backlash about casting Tilda Swanson. Tilda Swinton, yeah. Swinton. Sorry, Swanson is a broth. <laughs> Tilda. Yeah. About casting Tilda as the Ancient One. Yeah. Now, I will say, I do like the fact that the Ancient One was female. Yeah. But... I understand that the Ancient One has always been implied to be Asian. Yeah. Now, she was described in the movie... This is not a great big giveaway. She was described in the movie as being Celtic. Yeah. Not Irish, not Scottish, Mm -hmm. Celtic. Which implies very, very, very old. Yeah. And what I am hoping... I mean, granted, it's it's a stretch. What I am hoping is that in maybe director's cut, Mm -hmm. there is some back backstory about her arrival... Yeah. To the to the temple and we see the ancient one before her. Yeah. And maybe with that sort of passing on of lineage, it is 
sort of segued into being more acceptable. Yeah, I mean, it is sort of a difficult thing where, like, on the one hand, like, a lot of the, the stuff in it is sort of, like, at least the, the aesthetic of it is based very much on a Asian mysticism in the sense yes. of, like, Tibetan, Chinese Buddhism, that sort of thing. And, like, on the one hand, having... You could have the the, the ancient Asian... And then the I should say it's basically, like... I forget what the exact denomination of it is, but I think it's, like, East... Asian because Asia covers a, a lot, lot of different lot. areas that's, that's and a fair. lot of different that's cultures. Fair. But that sort of like again like Tibetan Nepalese sort of, you know, mystic can be kind of a stereotype and like a seriously I, yeah, yeah. good lord seriously. Like think of every, you know, wise sensei in every like martial arts movie, that sort of thing. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. So that can be like a not great stereotype as well. But then on the other hand, like, but then also having a white person do it is maybe not exactly also not that great. It's like, oh, these are two like not terribly good things. Maybe you should do it. Shouldn't do it. But I mean, we've I think we've discussed it before. And that sort of thing, when it comes to that criticism of the movie, that sort of thing is something that like you sort of know, like you know about the casting and stuff beforehand. So like in a way it's like, okay, you go into the movie knowing that. Yeah. And to to have those criticisms before you go into the movie, but the, so it sometimes seems, it seems a bit separate from like then looking at the movie and being like, okay, did I like the movie? Because it's something you know about beforehand, and you either say like, okay, I'll see what the movie's like despite this, or you're like, nope. I so. actually really liked her performance. Yeah, I liked her performance. I thought I thought that she nicely balanced. You know, you get Tilda Swinton because she's sort of otherworldly looking anyway. Yeah. Um, but you. I kind of think she kind of nicely balanced this, that sort of like wise otherworldliness with some like non woo, you know, down to earth sort of no bullshit stuff. Like there's some times where she's, she doesn't always, you know, I was sort of envisioning her talking in a very mystical voice. I think I described it to Michelle as like Galadriel, uh. um, like all the time. And she doesn't do Galadriel the entire, she's not, you know, channeling Galadriel the whole time, which is, which I thought was kind of nice and kind of refreshing. So I thought she did well with the part beyond like all the the criticism and stuff. And I think it was really interesting the way they treated Strange's sort of character arc through it. And the visuals, I should say, you know, before we get into the spoilery stuff. Visuals are um, amazing. Yeah, the visuals are amazing. Uh, Do not go to see this movie if you are tripping. Yeah. You will not come yeah. out. We were like, whoa, this, I, I can't imagine what this movie would be like to watch while you're on drugs. I, we watched it in 3D. I didn't see it in 3D. I just thought, I kind of want to see it again. But yeah. So I'll probably see it in 3D. You will not make it out of the theater if you are tripping, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, it's trippy enough already. No shit. And there's certain little things like the way they do certain things in the visuals that I was like, that is super awesome. And I kind of love it. And they do have really good comedic moments. Yes. Still. Yeah, there's still really good comedic moments. And also the supporting characters, Librarian Juan. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) All the single ladies. All the single ladies. (laughs) You won't understand until you see it. Also, the way he is such a badass about his library, I'm like, dude, you are my hero. You're my role model. Be the librarian that Librarian (laughs) Wong wants you to be. Yes. (laughs) Anything else before we get into spoilery stuff? And this is an example of showing kids that practice and studies actually helps you become a kick-ass person in the end. Yes. Because... Right afterwards, my son said he wanted to be Doctor Strange, and I said, you better get studying then, because that's what Doctor Strange did. <laughs> of course, it helps that he had a photographic memory, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that isn't, like, non-spoilery. The cape is my second favorite person. Yes. <laughs> 
All right, moving okay, on. So, so spoiler, spoiler, spoiler space. Don't listen spoiler, to this point of view. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. We'll let you know when it's safe to come back in the show notes. So yeah, like I was saying with his character arc, I really like, I like sort of the way that they, sh- they show him, you know, having gone through this experience and done this travel to try and find some way of fixing stuff. But he's still, even pretty late in the movie, he's still very focused on like fixing his, his hands, hands and going back to who he was and that sort of stuff. Um, and also the way they show him sort of pursuing the the magic stuff, like very like the same way he had pursued his studies, and for very similar reasons, it's like I have to be best at everything, and I know everything, and, and like overestimating how much he knows already, and like therefore doesn't have to follow rules, yeah, and, doesn't have to, and sort of gets himself in trouble because of it. I am the best student. I am the best here. <clears throat> Damn it! I will go into you know. Yeah, thinking he thinking that just because he has a photographic memory and he can learn stuff fast, that therefore makes him the best student when actually he has a lot of personality and emotional stuff to learn. Yeah. First. One of my favorite parts, actually, of the whole movie was seeing him doing the drills in the courtyard with the other students. Mm-hmm. And I could empathize with him really, really hard. <laughs> because I've been that way with Taekwondo sometimes, where I'm doing the same moves, but I'm just not getting it the way everybody else is. And it's not until something happens inside that... You get it. You get it, get it. And all of a sudden it starts working. And he is shown... He he, he apologizes and says, I'm sorry, it's my hands. It has nothing to do with your hands. Not good. And the example that was given where he the, the instructor actually is missing one hand. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bitch, you didn't see that coming? Really? Yeah, he's so busy blaming it on his hands. He doesn't... He, he's... Very much not looking internally. It has nothing to do with your hands. It's entirely to do with your real mind. problem is. Yeah. And the way she leaves him on leaves oh. him on the edge of Mount Everest. I'm like, cold bitch. <laughs> Ouch. And was he, oh, not again. Where's our youngest recruit? Oh, we shall see. Oh, not again. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, okay, how many have you actually killed? How many did not come back? Yeah. I was a bit, at the end of the movie, I was a bit sort of like, oh man, you're making the black guy the bad guy for the next movie. That is actually a story arc that's in the comic books, though. I know, but <laughs> why does the black guy have to be the bad guy? Hey, I don't know. And really, if Marvel had, in, had better representation in all of their other movies as well, this would not be as much of a problem. I'm still trying to find out whether, because the one person who was defending the New York Sanctum, Mm-hmm. Who fell? Mm-hmm. If you notice, he had a lot of African motif about him. Mm-hmm. There is speculation about him coming back as another character, mm. and that is part of his character arc. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to wait and see. By the way, speaking of which, the credit scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome! Oh, hi Thor, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> well, and like I said, the the visuals are astounding, and I love little details like when they do have the big fight in New York. At sort of the end of that fight when they're on that sort of platform with the sort of like star or flower shape in the, the, the floor that they have created that they're fighting on. I noticed like all the pieces in that floor, they're actually all tiles and mosaics and stuff from Subway Ooh. stations. Like I could see like the end of like Wall Street or Columbus Circle, the, the most, because in the, in the New York City subway, they have, they have those great um, mosaics for the, the subway signs or for the station signs. And it was made up of those. So I thought it was a really cool sort of um, reference of the place 
in the design of it that it wasn't just like stone from these buildings or concrete or whatever it was actually this thing which is very new york <laughs> in the design i was like oh i recognize that that's really pretty costuming was good yeah costuming was really cool of course benedict swanning around in a cape is just like it's, it's just so cool good. yeah it's just it's natural. just cool <laughs> it just it looks natural yeah and i love the uh the bathroom scene where the cape wipes away his tears <laughs> that, yes. and that's the point where he because up till that point the cape the collar had been folded down Mm-hmm. That's the point where he pops it up. Yes, he popped the collar and I was just like, lol. Like every other thing. Yeah, there's some pretty cool epic moments where that involved that cape. And Benedict was probably having a blast. Mm-hmm. Alright, everybody, time to come down. Alright, time to go for lunch. And Benedict's like, nope, I'm staying up here. I'm staying in the harness with the cape and the costume. I'm staying up here. <laughs> kind of like when he was playing the dragon. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember anything else right now. Yeah. It's probably, I think I kind of need to see it again because it's just so trippy and weird. It's like, whoa. It is a trippy, weird kind of movie. Yeah. Do not see oh, it. Oh, there were a couple little Easter eggs in there. Like, I don't know if you caught it. when Before he has the car accident, when he gets the phone call. Yes. About um, cases. Cases. One of them is an army colonel who has, you know, this sort of fracture after testing some sort of suit or something a- like that. I'm like, AKA it's Rhodes. Rhodes. <laughs> colonel Rhodes. I'm trying to remember the Easter eggs, but... Yeah, yeah my, there were a couple other like little yeah, my mind, things. And my I can't mind is my mind is not categorizing them yeah. well right now, but we got a lot else to to talk about. Yes. So, uh, overall, so yes. yes, I did really enjoy the movie. Some political whitewashing issues Marvel still yeah. needs to talk about or resolve, but hey, there's still a lot more. Yeah movie edge in our future that I hope they can utilize and adapt that yes, they have more room experience. to to they have more room to do better on that. And the TV and I should mention like the TV between like the actual TV and Netflix, they are kicking ass in that department. They should learn something from Marvel TV. Hello <laughs> Agents of Shield. Hello Agents of Shield. Yes. So yes, non-spoilers and no sp- okay, spoiler-free zone again. And now the other thing that has come out in the last couple weeks. Yes. Or, well, came out just this week, is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Which you and Michelle went to go see. Yes, I went to see it last night, and I really liked it. I'm very glad to hear that. There are certainly, there are probably some, the, the, the characters, some of the characters, and a bit of the plot were probably a little light. This is supposed to be one of two or three movies, or is it all? Uh, I think five. Five? Yeah. I didn't hear five. Oh, yeah. Okay. They said, so, like, like pr- about five-ish. So it might be light, considering that this is an introductory movie where you're just getting the characters and the setting and everything. Yeah, but really, like, in an introductory movie, you should still, like, introduce your characters. It, maybe it's... It felt a little light in the sense of, like, the characters could have used it some more, a little more explanation, even for an introductory movie. Oh, okay. Other than, like, here are these characters, but we don't know everything about them yet, because more will be revealed in other movies, that sort of thing. But yeah, there is, you know, as we've mentioned, it's, it's set in the Harry Potter universe, and certainly if you have, if you have read the books, there are many things that you'll be like, oh, oh my god, okay, we're doing that, oh my god. Whereas if you watch the movies, you might not recognize them much, which I can, I can get into as Slight spoiler bit mm. in a minute to sort of explain that. Um, but, I mean, other than that, other than the sort of maybe a little light on the char- the plot and the characters, um, and there's certain world building issues that we were discussing last night. We also had a, a sort of late virtual knit night and, and uh, Marsha popped in. And I had a couple world building questions and she had some, especially because she lives in New York. But it's still like, oh my god, 1920s Wizarding World. 
Like the visual of it and like the costuming and the feel of it. Was How's like, the soundtrack? Oh my god. Oh, the score was lovely. I really liked it. And of course, there's a couple spots where there's like more jazzy. I was going to say, is there jazz in there that yes. has to be jazz? Yes. Okay. Well, there's a part where they go to a wizarding speakeasy. So yes. Awesome! Yes. I mean, that's in the in the trailer. So Awesome. But yes, wizard speakeasy. Oh my god. Somebody make that happen. Oh my god. It's I just as I t- told people beforehand, like my cost of the ticket is going towards seeing everything and seeing the costumes and hearing the music and that sort of stuff. The plot and character and stuff like that is extra. Is gravy basically? Yes. <laughs> is the gravy to your protein? Yes. And and I do like I do really like the characters that they introduced. Um, I will be very interested in seeing where they go after this. But oh my god, Wizarding World, nineteen twenties New York. Okay. <laughs> so thumbs up from Karen. Yes. So going but- into spoilers. Yeah, the very beginning of the movie, they start with sort of like these newspaper headlines that start with um, basically talking about Grindelwald, Uh who is basically, if you read from reading the books, basically like Wizard Hitler, um, who was also a friend of Dumbledore's at one point until they had a falling out, Yes, partly because of Grindelwald's opinions on muggles, muggles, where he was like, how about we just kill them all? And Dumbledore's like, um, no. How about no? He was still sort of thinking, like, at that time, Dumbledore was still felt he was, had sort of ideas of, like, wizards being superior to muggles and was, you know, kind of racist in that way. But, like, sort of had that moment where he's like, oh, wait, <laughs> I can't go any further. Yeah. Um. So, like, there, there's definitely this this overall tone to it. There, there's mentions of Grindelwald, and there's actually one point where you, you actually spot, like, the Deathly Hallow symbol. It's like, oh, okay, we are folding in more of the Harry Potter universe than I thought we were. So there's some stuff that you'll definitely recognize if you've read the books. Cool. The one bit that, like... Marsha was thinking of when it comes to the world building is like, you know, it's kind of interesting that the wizarding world um, in the US in the movie is very explicitly very separate from the, the muggle or the nomad world, as they call it in the States. Like they have laws about not associating really? with nomads. You are, it is illegal for a wizard to marry a nomad, obviously based on miscegenation um, yeah. laws and stuff from the US. Though, as Marcia pointed out, she wasn't entirely sure how this stuff work would work in New York. Because a lot of that stuff, the laws that sort of based on are, are very are the southern ones, whereas in New York has always been a melting pot of very melting pot of various different cultures. You know, and I did research for uh, an assignment for one of my courses last year that involved looking into like the Dutch settlement, original Dutch New Amsterdam settlement in New, what now we call New York. And, like, their philosophy at the time was basically, like, will you make us money? Okay, go. And it was the people from a lot of different countries and a lot of different areas that went and settled New York. So, like, it's sort of sort of looking at, like, okay, well, how does this, how does this take root in New York? Like, you can sort of see it after, like, making sense, maybe a bit after the Salem witch trials. Uh-huh. And being like, okay, no, we need, we, we need to be completely separate from everyone else. But, like, especially when in the growth of New York and, like... You know, it's been like 300 years since then. Like generally someone makes some sort of like big edict at that time of like, we are not, we are going to have a completely different separate civilization. You'd think it would weaken over time. And as Marcia said, like, there's no sense of like, when you get a sense of the the wizarding world in New York in the 1920s, there's really no sense. You don't get like a, a wizarding or a US version of say like Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley. There's no sense of like an area of the city, which is all magical. So... Which would have really made sense if they'd done that, because, like, 
a lot of New York is there's like Little Italy and there's Chinatown. True. And there's the, the Russian sort of conclave in like in Brooklyn near um near I think it's near ish to Coney Island. Well, New York City is also highly populated whereas Hogsmeade was out in the country. Yeah, but I mean Diagon Alley is in London. Okay, you got a point there. Yeah. So you think they would be able to carve out a little subspace a pocket. Yeah, pocket, dimensional pocket. Something. Um, you know, there's no sense that, like, to the main characters, Tina and Queenie Goldstein, there's no sense that they live, they live in, a, in like, an apartment building or tenement building. And there's no sense that they live in one that is all magical people or in a magical neighborhood. It seems like a regular building. They just happen to be magical. And it's like, mm, that might be hard to hide from the land, landlady. But yeah, so there, there isn't quite that, that feeling, which you would think if the, the Wizarding World in this society was this closed off from everyone else that they would there would definitely be like a central like residential and commercial district for wizards that we'd see and i mean maybe we'll see it maybe we get to see it in other, in other in movies the... but we just don't get a sense of that in this one okay because we JK's, basically just see she's usually really good about universe building yeah she's usually good at the world building so so okay well withhold judgment yeah but yeah other than that it was really cool <laughs> I'm really, so good. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. And there is a little surprise appearance at the end that I was very surprised to see because I had not heard that uh, about it. I mean, basically the whole thing is Newt comes to New York to, well, he says he's, he's trying to get a certain type of magical creature. Actually, what he's trying to do is return a certain type of magical creature to its native habitat in New York. And it is really neat. Um, we do actually get to see where he keeps all his creatures. This magical case that he has. That's yeah, the actually suitcase. Huge, that's actually huge on the inside and has like different... It's a TARDIS? Yeah, basically. Much. And it's got different, you know, habitats for different animals and stuff. Awesome. And, and, how much, and how much he really... You get to really get the sense of like how much he cares. Really strong sense of how much he cares about his creatures and how much he wants to keep them safe. And how and why he is doing this cataloging of the different creatures as well as trying to trying to protect them and to conserve them you know conservation efforts basically he's like he's a wizard conservationist yeah environmentalist. He's, he's trying, yeah wizard envi- environmentalist because he says in a lot of cases people just like kill these cre- you know kill these creatures either because they have something valuable or because they see them as nuisances nuisances or whatever and he's trying to conserve them and, and educate people about Aww. them and immediately gets into trouble because his case gets swapped with someone else's and some of the magical creatures escape oh google Oh damn! And has to go try and find them, but meanwhile, meanwhile, coming up against the the very strict laws in the Wizarding World of the of New York about like that try and prevent Muggles from finding out about them. And there's all sorts of like chases and escapes and things like that. Nice, which are fun. But then there's there's also this sort of plot about there's this one group that knows that witches exist. It's sort of like sort of a religious group that are convinced that witches exist and are. Evil. Trying to drum up support to get rid of them. And I'm trying to think of... See, the way I'm trying to... I'm wondering how much of this trying to put it together is just because I just saw the movie and how much of it is because it's maybe not quite so clear. There's also this... Because there's also this this entity that is attacking the city that was not brought by Newt that has something to do with the witches or wizards already there. So, And there, there's people within the wizarding government who are not so trustworthy who are trying to use this to their own ends. Okay. And so it, I think sometimes it does sort of get a little stuck in the hey, cool magical creatures, let's go chase after them like yay fun chase scene sort of action bit and sort of loses the thread of the plot a little bit at times i think it could be a little tighter hopefully the next movies will be 
because I still, but I mean, I still want to spend more time in this universe for obvious reasons. Yeah, I know. Because 1920s was a world. And it's still, it's definitely one like I would like to see explored more. Awesome. I'm very glad to hear that it's got a thumbs up. Yeah. And there's all sorts of like really cool things that come up that I either recognize from like the Harry Potter movies or like one of the things I loved is like one of the major fights in the movie. And I sort of caught a glimpse of this in the trailer and was like, wait a minute, is that um, one of the it's in the City Hall subway station, which is actually it's a, it's a closed subway station now because the shape of it makes it really hard to actually have trains like load and unload there. But it is gorgeous. I don't think even the movie actually doesn't doesn't quite do it justice, probably because it has these amazing stained window stained glass windows at the top, and those are sort of like boarded over on on the surface, so you don't get the light coming through them. But it is a super gorgeous station, and it's sort of like this hidden gem in the New York City subway station, one of those lost stations, which yeah. always sounds kind of cool. Um, and so having it as the set piece for like the setting for like one of the major fights, I was like, oh my god, yes. This is exactly what I want. Or there's such a cool moment where, like, the Wizarding, you know, so the Wizarding Congress in New York is set in the Woolworth Building in New York, which is this gorgeous, like, Beaux-Arts building yeah. in downtown New York. And they sort of show, like, how muggles go in one way, and it looks like the inside of the Woolworth Building, and magical people go in the other way, and it looks completely different on the inside. So you still have that that sort of idea, feeling of that that overlaying, that magical, yeah. magical... Um, it's Avalon, overlay to Avalon Ava- basically. Yeah. yeah, magical overlay to the the regular world, and just seeing some of these like f- familiar spaces in in the the movie and in the, the magical sort of version of it is really awesome. Cool. Like it. And Eddie Med- Eddie Redmayne's really good as Newt's commander. He's very sort of endearing and like very mild mannered and sort of like oh god, I, I I deal with animals much better than I deal with people. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah, and it's the animal nice. and, the, and the magical creatures are very cute. So it's like one of them is is, is sort of one of the the one the ones that provide the most comedy and is also very cute. It's called a niffler. Okay, it's a small little, um, like black furry animal with a long snout that really likes shiny things. Okay, so there's a lot of comedic moments when it's like, oh my god, shiny things, and Newt's like, oh dear god, no, no stealing stuff. Cartier building downtown. Yeah, well, because he ends up because the the. He ends up sort of getting stopped in front of this this protest in in downtown New York um, or in Lower Manhattan that where again people are this woman is speaking out against you know witches and stuff like that and the Niffler gets out and it's right in front of a bank. Oh God! <laughs> so the Niffler's like Wee! and it's like going through people's purses and ends up you know behind the scenes at the bank and and it's just like oh my God no oh my God he is a bit like completely he does have some complete ignorance of like the American Wizarding World rules and how things look and how things work. So he, he can be fairly oblivious to stuff, which after a while can be like, oh my God, seriously, dude. Like, you didn't read a, a single travel Wizarding Travel Guide in New York. <laughs> like, you should have known some of this stuff. But yes, he's still very endearing and I like all the other characters too and I love seeing like, and even just like all the sets and especially like the Wizarding ones, like seeing the, the Goldstein sisters' apartment and like, just there's like, there's like these floating like laundry racks in front of the fire. Oh, the coal fireplace yep. to dry stuff. And like all the little magical things, like there's a, there's an iron in the background just like going over a dress, you know, on its own. Or when they're they're making dinner and just doing things, just flicking their wand to do stuff. It's like, oh my God. That world. That yes. world again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's basically like, inco- I'm basically being incoherent. So yes, <laughs> I enjoyed it. You there were- are certain structural things I, I will hope, would hope to be better. 
in future movies. And we shall see. But yes, I overall, overall enjoyed it. And I'm probably actually going to see it again. Okay, what okay. else have we got? So that's it for Geek Squee. Okay, moving into cravings, covets, and crushes. There are a few things, but some of them can be done pretty quickly. Like, the blue brick added another colorway. Whee! Maple. Yes, which we love. <gasps> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh my god. It's like a dark red to like a brown, dark brownish to a black. Yes. And it is just, oh my god, it's it is so, so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And seeing it knit up as well. I want it. I know. I, I want that one. <laughs> I want that all one. the colors. Yeah, I know. I love her, all of her colors, but I, I really want maple badly. Yeah. Um, Have you done any tests with her stuff yet? With the uh, no, wash? No, I still need to do I still need to do the knit-up swatches to do a little test with the, the wool wash. Because I basically used all of mine. <laughs> <laughs> How are you liking it? I love it. You love it? I love it. And it smells so good. <laughs> it smells so yummy. And makes things nice and soft. And I might have to order more because I want to clean the shawl because it's... That we wove because it's still technically made within the grease. Yeah. You know, my cat loves it, but you know. Oh God, yeah. Other things, the Indigo Dragonfly Geek Club, which I mentioned already, is open again for signups. So you might want to get on that if you really want Fabulous Geeky Yarn. I am not sure. I have not signed up for it again. This is not because of the club. It is because of my personal financial (laughs) situation, basically. I'm sort of looking, I'm looking at it right now being like, Yes, stomach. Yes, I know. Too. Both of us. Um, um, yeah, it, it's just sort of like, you know, looking at my own finances, especially knowing that, that is Christmas fair. is coming Knowing out. that Christmas is coming. This is also a great Christmas present for the knitter in your life. Yes. You could get it as a, get it as a you gift. Don't, you don't know what yarn to get them? That's perfectly fine. Get them <laughs> Get them. Kim club. will. <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of Harry Potter stuff. Oh, speaking is, of how 2016 has been terrible. Yes, I'm, we won't comment on that directly, but oh. Think Geek has one of those candle to silhouette things. And um, this one is Harry Potter Snape's Patronus Lamp, where it'll show up a picture of a doe and the word always. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's basically a, it's an LED light inside and it's got the metal, it's a metal um, sort of frame that it's housed in. And also it's got the metal dough and always on top of it so that it casts that as a shadow, shadow onto on the, the wall. wall and it's really pretty it's really pretty and sentimental but you know that you want it yeah and it's it's got a timer on it too so it's like a two hour four hour six hour timer selection switch on the base so you can you know set it to go off we are always big advocates of things like think geek when it comes to uh geeky yes. uh christmas presents because Way cool. Okay, another thing. This is something we found out about during Rhinebeck weekend, <laughs> which was good timing. Yeah. Uh, a new yarn dyer called Critical Knits. To go along with Critical Roll. <laughs> yes. And Critical Hits. Yes, there's that too. 20. Um, yeah, she's got lots of really pretty yarns and really pretty colors, all inspired by D&D. <laughs> which is so cool. So there is... Because let's face it, knitters are people that, you know, we buy yarn the same way that we buy makeup. Either the name is super cool and I want it, or the color is super cool and I want it. Yeah, so different the different weights of yarn she's got. She's got Barbarian Bulky. Nice. Uh, bard Sock Yarn. Bladeslinger Lace Yarn. Cleric Sock Yarn. Druid oh, isn't DK. that appropriate? Cleric Sock Yarn. Yep. Druid DK. Fighter Worsted. Paladin Lace. Sorcerer Sock, which has sparkles in it. Uh, of course. Warlock sock and wizard sock. Nice. So the different sock yarn ones, some of them have a tighter twist. Some of them, I think, you know, there's at least one that's got 
MCN um, you know, or something like that. Yeah, merino cashmere nylon. Others are like just merino nylon or some or like some are super wash, not super wash, that sort of thing. And then the colorways are creatures like basilisk or black dragon or bronze dragon or spells or spells like chill touch or cure light wounds or burning hands or uh, dimension door. Dimension door is a good one. <laughs> Fairy fire, featherfall, goodberry. I wonder what hero's feast would be. Mm-hmm. She's also got a couple colors inspired by Outlander, too. Magic Missile, Telekinesis, Vampiric Touch. So yeah, especially if you know someone in it or who likes D&D, you could get them something with their, their character as their character's class as a base and yep, their favorite spell as, as the colorway. And it is personalized. Insta-personalized. Oh, yeah, and she's got some gorgeous colors. Including some sort of semi-solids and some variegates. Ooh, Shadow Walk is so pretty. In Nightshade. And hypnotic pattern. And pseudo dragon. And <laughs> yeah, so that's critical knits. Criticalknits.com. Um, okay. And then last thing. We have been long overdue with this. Yes, we have a couple contests we've been talking about and have not actually done yet. So I think we'll do this as two separate yes, contests. We will. Uh you can put your name in for both. Yes. For each separately. Um, what we'll probably do is uh, we've got one, which is the long delayed five years slash a hundred episodes. <laughs> Prize. Whoopsie. Whoopsie, yeah. Which is going to be, it has a skein. You can pick one of two skeins of the Indigo Dragonfly, uh, a couple of her Sherlock colorways. So I've got, there's uh, the Moriarty one. Mm -hmm. Honey, you should see me in a crown. Mm -hmm. And the Watson one. And I'll post pictures on the group. So pick one of those two skeins. Um, I have a special project bag that I got quite a while ago from Zigzag Stitches, Mm -hmm. which is... It's a it's a box project bag. It is a police box project bag. It looks like a TARDIS. I was going to say, is it a so, blue yeah. police box? Okay. Yes, as well as a couple other little goodies. That will go on that one. Very nerdy themed. And um, and it also include, I think we put the, the stitch markers from uh, Marsha from One Geek to Craft All mm-hmm. in that one. As well as a couple other little goodies that we'll throw in. Mm-hmm. So we'll do one sort of big one with that. And... That'll be one thread. Yes. Yes. So for that one, just comment in the thread with something interesting, something new that you have tried this year, either knitting or otherwise, um, or something you have, you feel you have made progress on in this past year. And we'll probably just one, and again, one entry per thread. We'll cut down no discussion in the thread. Yes. (laughs) So that, you know, if you'd like to discuss, you can always link over to, you know, people can do it in like one of the general discussion threads. Yes. And then hot link to that message so that you know what you're talking about but it'll make it easier if we just cut out all the discussion in the thread yes we make when we uh draw a number later on and then the other one we still have yarn from stitch please yes our burlington yarn manufacturer yes dyer and it is hogwarts ravenclaw sock yarn Mm -hmm. so for that one so for this contest thread what we want you to tell us is what is something that you want to try in 2017? Let's look forward. Let's yes. look away from the suckage. And let's look <laughs> forward into the bright horizon of 2017 and say, hey, what is it that you want to try? Is it a new yarn, a new technique, or something else outside of the fiber world somewhere in your life? And? And there will be bits and pieces and goodies that go along with that. Yes. And maybe even a project bag for me. <laughs> Because I have some fun fabric that people would probably like. Yes. So we will we'll create separate threads for each. What we'll do is we'll draw one, probably the, the five-year 100 
one. We'll draw that one first. Um, and then that will, we'll make it so that that person, you can enter both, but if you win one, whichever one we draw first, we'll remove you from the pool for the other one. Fair's fair. Because fair is fair. Yep. We want to spread it out a bit. Now, what are our deadlines for this? Hey, everybody. So, uh, not surprisingly, I vastly underestimated the amount of time it would take me to edit this episode. Between the long run time and the amount of work I had at the end of the semester and studying for exam at the end of semester and work craziness. Yeah, obviously I didn't finish it that finish it very quickly. So I just had to edit out the part where we actually mentioned the date because um that would not be fair to stick with the original one. So we'll make it January 20th, which gives everyone a good month to get it in and for us to get the word out for anyone who is, you know, listening to back episodes before they listen to the new ones. So yeah, January 20th. Enter by January 20th. Okay, back to the podcast. Yeah, so we'll do the draw then and it'll just be like a, just a random number draw. We'll probably just use the the post reason. We'll cut down on, on discussion in the thread okay. so that we can just draw a number. Okay. And we'll do the, the post number. Okay, with so yes, that. May, may, the odds be ever, may the odds be ever in your favor. Yes. May the odds <laughs> be ever in your fiber. <laughs> Anyways. I think we, we need buttons with that. <laughs> yeah, we do. We are done. Yes, it has been a, that's it. it. That's it a is, very long episode. That's a long episode. But you guys, yeah, we haven't been able to talk to you for a while. Yeah, so. yeah. Between work and schoolwork and freelance and, and being, family being and, and having events. Yeah, and, and having events and yeah and stuff. So we love you guys. And if you haven't started on your Hanukkah knitting or your Christmas knitting or your Kwanzaa knitting, get on that now. Yeah. If I remember correctly from when I had to do redo the dates for a display, Hanukkah, you have more time this year than you have some other years. So and at least you have that. Yeah. We love you all. And 2016 can still suck it. Yes. So. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes on iTunes or at our blog, where you can also see our show notes and comment. That's at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Twitter and Periscope at knit1geek2. You can contact us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com. And search for a group on Ravelry using Knit1Geek2. There you'll find other knitters who enjoy geeky stuff that you can squeal along with, and also where you can find updates on new episodes. And remember, in space, no one can hear you squee.